Welcome to another episode of Freed from Feminism. Um, We are so delighted to have Tasha Rose and Travis on with us today. Um, First of all, my name is Teresa. And I'm Beth. And um, our episode today is something we're really, really excited about and very passionate about um, because the very first thing that most people say when we talk to them about um, whether women should work, if they can work, you know, um, et cetera, is, well, I mean, people can't live on one income nowadays. I mean, it's impossible. You're going to be eating out of a box. Um, So we invited uh, Travis on uh, with his wife, Tasha Rose, because Travis is a financial planner and hopefully um, that's correct. Is that your actual um, title and everything? Correct, yes. Awesome. Uh, so he can kind of tell us how they do it because Tasha Rose is stay at home, I think, right? Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful. So we are so excited to hear your story and how you're doing it. And um, so thank you so much for uh, coming on with us today. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're- Pretty excited about it. We've been thinking about it basically all week, or at least I have been. <laughs> yeah, and I happened to get into an uh, uh, unexpected uh, conversation with somebody just uh, actually yesterday and today. Um, it was weird that we connected, but he was mentioning something. I said, well, my wife uh, stays at home and does homeschool and has a YouTube channel where she talks about that kind of stuff. And, um, and he said, wow, I can't imagine homeschooling. Uh, I don't know how people make ends meet. And it was just kind of funny that we were having this conversation today. So I'll uh, I'll steer him to the uh, show when it's available. <clears throat> wonderful, wonderful. Um, okay, well then we'll just go go ahead and kind of just throw questions at you because I know that we are both really excited to kind of um, get your knowledge about all this. So first question, is this even possible? What, what do you say to those people who say, it, how, how, how can you do that nowadays? I mean, no one can live on like thirty to $50,000 a year. That's crazy. Right. I'm glad that you picked that range because. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> well, right, right. You know, I think that a lot of the time when, when it comes up, I, people don't really talk about it much. They don't ask about, you know, how that works or anything like that. I think most people assume that, uh, you know, I'm probably making a lot more money than I am. And the truth is I've never made a whole lot of money and I wasn't always a financial planner either. I used to just work in a lab in manufacturing and it was just a pretty typical kind of a wage. Um, but um, we we were able to make it work. And I, I think the, the answer is yes, it is possible. It's just a matter of, you know, what do you value? I mean, I think there was when we first got together, there were a few months when you were still working a job that you had before we mm-hmm. got together, but that yeah. didn't last long. Nope. Um, and then we, we just figured out how to make it work and it wasn't easy. Um, but, um, it's really about, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it has to do with being, um, really frugal and, you know, what do you, what do you value? What's important? Um, and working into, into that sort of a situation. Um, so, um, and it wasn't even like, like we were starting out together, you know, from scratch. Um, you had three children when mm-hmm. we got together. Um, and so there were three children. All of a sudden I was going from being a single guy doing just fine on my own income to now there's a family with three kids. Um, so it was, a, it was a big adjustment. Um, so it's, uh, it's definitely something that we found possible. I've, I haven't actually um, made, you know, significant changes in the amount of money that I work, but I've been able to change how I utilize my time with gaining additional skill and flexibility. So I've got more time that I get to spend at home. So I, I actually, instead of, you know, throwing myself further into trying to, you know, earn more and more, I've, I've used that time to help supplement and really invest in the family. Um, and that's really where our, that's where our values are is, you know, what are we investing in and what are, what, what's our, what's our mission really is the whole, whole question. Um, and, you know, that's been, I think a, uh, a very long sort of a, a development 
is reevaluating that as um, as we continue to grow as a couple and a family is you know what is really important because it's easy to get stuck in that trap of like okay well I you know went to school I got a degree I got a job and now I'm trying to make money and the the whole point of that is just to try and get to a place where I'm making more money and more money and more money um, so that I can save money and save money and save money for what point and and that's um, that's really where I was and had to grow through. And so I guess that sort of opens up, you know, a whole lot of other things as far as evaluating what's important morally and philosophically, uh, faith-wise, um, and how does that grow over time too? Because that's been a growth for me as well and for, for mm -hmm. us as a family over the years um, is just what's important and what are we growing towards. So you mentioned that you have more time yourself. Are there any other benefits that you see in having one income versus two incomes? I think it makes us a lot more mindful of how we spend our money also. So we don't just, you know, go an impulse buy and we take our time with making purchase decisions and say no to our children a lot. And, um, you know, just we're just a lot more aware. And I think that we um, we talk a lot more about money too. Like a lot, mm -hmm. you know, the, one of the biggest causes of divorce is because of money, you know, and and it's because there isn't conversation about it. And so we talk about money. I don't know, like probably a good chunk of, you know, a little a little bit every day. We talk about mm -hmm. some facet of our finance. We don't have like. I think it's like Dave Ramsey or something. He suggests having family meetings about your budget and stuff. We don't do that. We just like, we talk about stuff. If the children ask, well, what does this cost? We tell them like, mm -hmm. we're, we're not, we don't hide money issues from the children. If we can't afford something, they know it. And, um, but you know, they've always got what they need. <laughs> it's a matter of needs and wants, you know, that distinguishment. But I think that we talk about it more. So that's, that's a pretty good benefit i would say um just generally but also just for our family our family dynamic and nobody's going to be you know, walking on eggshells around money issues at all yeah i, like I think a really big uh point i mean um you know i've talked to hundreds of people about you know their financial you know circumstances and things like that um and that was actually a little bit of uh, the way that I got into financial planning. I was curious, I was talking to people about, you know, how they, you know, manage their own financial life. And that's what got me switching gears into going into financial planning. But um, having had a chance to talk to so many people, that's one thing that I, I find all the time is that there's not a lot of people talking about uh, their financial experience, uh, not a lot of family conversations. People don't have a lot of insight from their parents when they're growing up. So then mm -hmm. that sets them up to not have a very strong foundation. <clears throat> now, some of that's starting to change nowadays. And uh, the younger generation is generally a lot more clued in than, you know, what might have been the case decades ago, you know, a generation or two ago, um, as far as things that are important to be thinking about when you're young and early on. Um, but there's still a lot of situations out there where you don't see that kind of thing. Um, and I, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of that kind of conversation from my parents either. So it was something that I, um, I think there was a little bit of it, but not much, but it was something I definitely was mm -hmm. lucky to be able to come into and have that awareness. Yeah. I didn't have a lot of, um, <clears throat> positive financial coaching from my parents either. I grew up pretty poor and, um, and parents who were just, they spent money faster than they could take it in um and uh, one thing i wanted to say was that um i think a benefit also speaking to uh the way parents relate to their children about money is you know if the children do want something we encourage entrepreneurship so that you know it's a really good benefit for a child to think outside of the box like we don't give our children an allowance you know mm -hmm. if they want money for themselves they have to figure out a way to make that money external of our household because we're not paying them for things that get done around here you know that's, a, that's the cost of being part of a family many hands make light work you know and um so if they want to make money you know our son bought himself a snowblower after a season of working for the money to buy himself a snowblower so that he can make more money 
you know, he was shoveling. So he's kind of like, he's upgraded, <laughs> you know, and he's, he saved all, he bought himself a DS and our eldest saved, I don't even know how much money she saved before she left for school, just doing babysitting and doing odd jobs and, you know, even getting out, uh, employment at different places. So it's just a matter of encouraging your children that they are capable, you know, and that, that sets them apart from, from a lot of other people. And that will carry with them when they're, when they're adults too. Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. We may have to come back to how this affects children. Um, but going back to the two income thing. So, um, we're in kind of, it seems like a, you know, anti-feminist Catholic bubble here. Let's speak to people maybe just a little bit beyond that periphery of looking in. Um, most of them will have two income. You know, we're all three of our, uh, you know, Beth is a stay-at-home mom. I'm a stay-at-home mom. And obviously you are as well. Speak to those, those moms who don't um, necessarily have the luxury or the interest in doing that about the disadvantages of a two income family, regardless of how much you make, let's say. Right. Absolutely. So this is actually kind of my wheelhouse coming out of feminism. I have a lot of friends who are kind of on that cusp of, well, I still kind of believe some of this feminist stuff, but also I really like my kids <laughs> and I really like being at home with them and I want to be more part of their lives. And, and I think all of this world shakeup is kind of rattling a lot more women into that. Like, holy cow, I am losing so much time with my children, you know? So I'm going to hearken back to what Travis said about what your priorities are. Are your priorities shipping your children off and farming them out to somebody else's care all day long to teach them God knows what? You know, and I know a lot of left-leaning people who are like, whoa, what the heck is happening in the schools, you know, who who are starting to kind of take a little bit more active interest in what's going on with their kids. So it's what your priorities are. Do you want to ship your kids off or do you want to see your baby's first steps? It's hard to drop your kid off at daycare because they're not supposed to. You know, there's that maternal biological connection to your children for a very long time that I don't think a lot of people really understand um, th that mother baby dyad bond that we have with our children for, I mean, into their their preschool and elementary school years. Um, that's why it hurts. And that's why they don't want to leave and why you don't want to leave them because you're not supposed to. And and that's just biologically speaking, you know. Um, so I think that a lot of women who are on that cusp are looking and they're, and they're like, okay, well, how do I do this? Well, how you do it is this, this is just my opinion, <laughs> not the financial planner's opinion. My opinion is that you have to just do it. You have to set what your goals are and your boundaries are. Talk to your husband about it and say, look, this is getting really challenging for me to be away from our children. Um, if you can maybe even step into it slowly, like just downgrade to a part-time job or downgrade to a gig economy type of job, like a DoorDash delivery or something like that, just so you feel, <clears throat> um, so you can kind of, it's like a slow rip off of the Band-Aid. You know what I mean? Um, because there, so many women are made to feel like we, that's the only way that we can be contributory to society is by earning a paycheck when society is clearly suffering because women haven't been in their homes and women haven't been raising their children and families have been falling apart and, you know, everything's gone to hell in a handbasket as a result of that. Um, and we need to be encouraging women that yes this is like this is the greatest thing you can do for society this is the greatest contribution you can make is to be a wife and a mother because it all comes down to that uh, so oh. much truth to what she said there <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Indeed. i mean that's kind of I, it's just a slow ripoff and you ha I, and i think being honest with women too like if that's really important 
Um, and then when, if you've got good tips to share with other women, when they ask, okay, well, how do you, how do you do that? And how do you not rip your hair out? And how do you like, sometimes I do rip my hair out. And sometimes I do scream at my children when I shouldn't. And, you know, I, I don't, it's not Pinterest perfect. It's not Instagram perfect, you know, and you just have to be real and be honest and say, it's not going to be easy. Motherhood is not easy. We went, I mean, you went through labor and birth. Come on. Like that's sets you up to understand that this is not going, (laughs) you know, so just be real and be frank and be honest and, and share and help one another without, um, trying to put women down because we're all at a different spot. I 100% believe that all mothers should be in their homes. And, um, the only time I'm going to be kind of rude about it is when you're just kind of like gloss over and go, well, that's not true for every woman because I mean, I, I disagree 100%. And if you just want to ignore it, that, I mean, that's on you and I'm just not here to help you. I'm here to help the people who want to do this and be there for their children and cook their kids food and take them to the state park for the day or whatever they're going to do. You know, I don't, I don't think I answered your question. (laughs) Well, absolutely. Like, you know, a couple of incomes and, you know, um, and working two jobs, you know, in the household. And, you know, one of the big drawbacks is, is just how do you then find time to be a family ever? Um, and I, I don't understand how that works. Like, you know, I'm, I'm gone, you know, or unavailable enough of the time that it's not, you know, ideal, but I mean, that's, that's necessary. But if, if we were both working and I mean, I see so many families where maybe they do like a opposite shift kind of a thing. When, when do, when does the husband and wife ever have a chance to be together? Right. I, you know, it's just, um, I can't imagine living that, you know, kind of life. No, I'm Can not you at all. speak to maybe a little bit of, of the client, obviously without getting into any, any details or anything, but like your clientele who do have two income families, do you see a stress level there? Do you see um, even just a financial drain there with regards to the cost for babysitting, the cost for, um, you know, go ahead. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it really is. Um, you do the math on it and it's like, well, what are, what are you really working for at that point? And, and then the other question is, okay, well, what, what are the values? I mean, really like, okay, what, what do you want to be you know, doing with your money? And um, I, you know, I, I look at all that stuff and I think, okay, well, all of this, you know, money that's going in is going out some way to certain other expenses. And it's just, how do the economics work on a broad scale? Yeah, just it's a you know large transfer of you know different you know funds in different ways. But yeah, you talk about you've got to pay for daycare. I mean, some people are able to find really good deals and that kind of thing, or work out you know um, grandparents and stuff like that, and that can be really nice. But you know, really at the end of the day, what are you what are you doing you know with with that money and with that income? You know, what's what's the point? What are you what are you doing in that manner? Um, and if if that's all you're doing is just making money to make money and to spend it, um, then that's that's not really the point. That's not really what what we're supposed to be here for, and and that really lends to a big um, disconnect between what our you know real natures are. Um, you know, we we were um, we were made for natural purpose of you know raising, rearing children, uh, uh, continuing the you know uh, the population. We also have. You know, our uh, our faith tells us that we have a uh, a desire, and uh, we're made for God to be with God, um, and so you know we spend time doing that too, and that's really really important. Um, but when it comes to uh, the families, it the the numbers, I mean, they don't they don't really work out really well. And this is something that I'm working on, you know, shifting the way that I I do work and doing a lot more consulting. Um, with folks that are uh, and helping people figure out how to do this in a better way. Um, so right now the, the model isn't there and it's something that I'm still growing what I'm doing and I do a, a few different things as well with my professional financial planning and other consulting that I do. Um, so I'm not as focused on that, but, but really building that up, uh, building up resources and you know how to really get this figured out is, um, is down the road. Uh, and that's um, that's something that I think is is really important is just understanding that um, 
working just to work and just to get by is, is not great. And I think one of the other big disadvantages um, uh, to, to, to that, that idea that, oh, well, we both have to work to make the money to make the ends meet is that um, then nobody's stretched uh, to push themselves at all. I mean, you know, if, if, if she had an income coming in, I wouldn't have needed to develop a different, you know, a different professional avenues of my work over the years um, to be able to be more versatile in what I do and what I can do. But I have never come to a point in my life where I've ever thought I, I don't have any options for what I can do to support my family. Just the opposite. I continue to have more and more possible options mm -hmm. for how I can support my family. And I mean, if worse comes to worse, I mean, there's always something to do because especially over the last decade, the economy has been just incredibly growing. And there's a lot of things out there, the average income, even, you know, for simple work, you can start out making 20 bucks an hour somewhere. That's, you know, not uh, completely unreasonable to be able to at least, you know, make things keep going. Um, and so it's, uh, it's really, um, it's really pushed me, right, to grow. But if we were both making an income, we had you know, a little bit extra here and there, uh, then there wouldn't have be that drive in any way. And there's not that growth. And at the same time, our children would definitely be suffering for mm -hmm. it in our, you know, strongest opinion, uh, basically. But um, it's just not, not a beneficial situation, uh, children and parents in the home. Right. Well, something I didn't even think of on how it affects the husband and father of the family, because, you know, we're always talking, about, oh, well, the mom can stay at home, but it really does push harder. Um, I really like that. Uh, one of the other excuses I've heard from people about um, needing the two incomes is that one income, they're afraid, well, what if, you know, they lose their job or something? Um, and you only have that one income coming in, uh, or there's there's too many restrictions um, that you would have to do to your budget. Is that true? Is there anything that you need to be wary of? Do you need to save more? Um, things that your money should or shouldn't be going into that you wouldn't have to do with a two-income family? Well, yeah, definitely. So mm -hmm. when we talk about, I mean, one of the most fundamental things in financial planning is you want to talk about having some emergency savings in case anything unexpected happens. And there's a, a pretty set formula um, that if you've got, um, if you're just somebody single, uh, you know, three months is plenty. Um, and you start with trying to work up to one month and two and then three. And if eventually you can get to six months, that's great. Well, when you're talking about uh, family, um, if if you've got two income earners in the household, that three month number is still good because you've got potentially that other uh, income to fall back on. Um, and then the same thing, if you can work out to six months, that's good too, um, as far as the immediate emergency savings. And then, you know, other uh, more medium and long-term savings is a good idea too. And you want to be saving into those different buckets for different reasons, whether it's, you know, I want to save up for you know, such and such a trip or such and such a purchase after five years, 10 years. And then there's the long-term retirement savings and that kind of thing. Um, so those are the different buckets, but emergency savings, if you've only got one income, the minimum becomes you want to have not less than six months, uh, probably work towards nine months as a pretty strong goal and even have uh, a year worth of uh, emergency savings if you're on one income. And that's really, uh, really where those numbers are different. So it, it is a different reality and you do have to be worried about that. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it is that, um, and I, you know, I suppose um, when I when I kind of reflect on this, you know, in different ways, like having a family is a risky endeavor and a, kind of a high pressure sort of a you know thing to get into, right? It's not just like, it's not for the faint of heart. And I mean, there's a lot to say about that, but um, then, you, you know, you go to the, the, the step of, I'm going to be, you know, solely responsible for the financial well-being of this entire family and, you know, everything that, you know, supports us and keeps us going and everything. And yeah, I guess that's a lot of pressure to have. I mean, I, I don't think twice about it anymore, but that's that's part of growth, right? But it, it is a big undertaking, and you have to be willing to do it um, and and recognize that that you are doing that, and and that's a very important thing for for men to do. Yes, I am you know responsible for my family, 
And yeah, I, I've got the income that's coming in to take care of them. If anything happens to that, I need to be ready to figure out you know, what to do. And you know, that being said, there, there are a lot of different ways that you can access things. Um, and you know, I, uh, we, we own our house, so we have some equity in the house and that's an asset. Um, we have other assets, we've got savings. Um, we have different things that we can do or uh, things that we can cut out. Um, when I think about things that we could potentially cut out, um, there's really not a whole lot because we, we already you know do all that. Anything that's practical, right. we keep really as, as low as we can with any of our expenses. So I guess that's pretty minimal already. And I, I mean, I feel really good about that because that just means that we're being really effective and efficient with the resources that we have. Right. Um, and I think that's important, you know, regardless. Like if we can reasonably cut it out, then why not do it? Um, if you don't need it, then you can probably be okay with doing without it. And I think a lot of people have a lot, a lot. Like if they think about all of the things that they've got, they probably have about 25 other things that they're not thinking about that they also don't need. Like, you know, there's just so many things that people have that they don't need, but we've been inculcated to believe that we have to have a brand new car and make a car payment every month. And we have to go to college and we have to, you know, have Netflix and you have to have this subscription and you've got to get your, oh, there's this new Catholic subscription box. Get that too. And that, I mean, like, support your Catholic merchants and stuff, but if you don't need it or you can't afford it, stop buying it. Like that's, you know, you don't have to go and get a coffee. I bought a coffee today. I bought a coffee today because I needed more coffee and I left the house with not enough coffee today. When's the last time? <laughs> But the last time I bought a coffee, I don't even remember when the last time I bought a coffee, maybe on our trip, like sure. that's it. I don't even remember the last time I bought a coffee because we, we make our coffee at home and I like making our coffee at home. We have a ritual of making coffee at home and he makes the coffee every morning and it's like, I love it. I love that. Um, but cutting out all these things, like people just really don't examine their lives enough. Like I think if people went through their lives um, of all the things they need versus what they want, and do it kind of like an examination of conscience, they would probably really realize that maybe we should all be minimalists. <laughs> you know? Yeah, tiny house. Right. Yeah. Uh, I honestly have just started to look a little bit more because I just made the transition to being a stay-at-home mom. And you guys mentioned at the beginning about how you, you really do look at your finances even more. Like, I mean, I was already looking at mine, but I wasn't really looking at mine. So now <laughs> I'm like nitpicky about every grocery purchase because I'm like, we don't need that. We can do this. This is a little bit cheaper and there's that. And we need to use this because I spent money on it. But you don't get that when you have this comfort of like, oh, we have enough. Oh, we're not even looking at our budget, you know, like, oh, I can buy that coffee out. You know, it's no problem until you're like, wait a second, like, you don't really need this. And then you start saying, like, oh, my goodness, I bought coffee out 30 times, almost every time, like every the day this month. You know? Like, that's yeah, <laughs> come on. Yeah. And then, and then I like to think about, well, how many hours worth of work was that, you know, money that you spent? You never right? asked that question, Travis. You never asked that question. <laughs> it's too painful. On time away from your family, like how many hours away from your family did you just spend on that thing? Like, was that worth it? You know, and right. and that's really what it is, and 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 that's the the frugality of the resource. And we talk about resources, you know, and and, and finances are a resource, but they're they're really a tool. They're they're a means to the end. What is the end? Well, you know, the for us, it's it's the family, and what are we doing to raise our family in in the best way that we can. And then really the most important resource is the time, you know, the time that you're spending doing it. And are you making good use of mm -hmm. your time and what you can? And I mean, that's not to say that I don't waste time, plenty of the time, um, but I, I at least try to be mindful, you know, of it uh, a lot more often and examine. Right, right I was just going to say, it's like, that's part of the, at least the examination of conscience that I use. It's like wasting time mm -hmm. is part of the examination of conscience. Well, what, what else are you wasting as a result when you are spending money frivolously? Right. One of the other things that I personally have been wondering about is retirement. Do you save up like twice the amount because there's two of you and one of you isn't working? Or do you just, like you said, your priorities? Um, do you aggressively invest as much as possible when you're young? 
what, what would you say on retirement? Well, um, yeah, no, that's uh, that's a good point. So when it comes to retirement, I mean, if you're living uh, a reasonable lifestyle on one income, um, then saving for retirement according to that one income by the rule is is still going to work, assuming that you're living a similar lifestyle. And for most people, I mean, there's there's a lot of mysticism around that, but you, you're never you're never going to go wrong saving too much for retirement. So that's a truth, especially early on, because the earlier you save and the more you save early, the more it's going to grow over time. Um, so as a single guy, I was always very aggressive about how I was saving. And I was also fairly aggressive about how I was investing. That's a personal choice. I wouldn't recommend it for everybody. Everybody's got their own tolerance level. Um, but it, it is you know, true that generally when you're younger, you can afford to be more aggressive because you've got more time. Mm-hmm. So you can weather the short term ups and downs to have the long-term growth um but um but but really it, it just comes down to um the, the evaluation and that's that's where you know the financial planning comes in is well how much are you going to need to live the kind of retirement lifestyle that you want what's the you know the, the housing number going to look like what's the medical number going to look like what's the you know other you know payments and things that you need to make going to look like how does all that fit together um, and and then figuring out what you need to live on um, on that kind of an income that you'll need in retirement. Um, so yeah, there are numbers uh, that are that can be run to figure out how those fit. Um, but at the same time, um, I I used to be a lot more worried about that than I am nowadays because of some of those uh, philosophical uh, changes and and really conversions um, that I've gone through in my growth where it's not really all about money. Um, and, and so, you know, if I don't have, you know, millions of dollars in retirement, I'm not worried about that number right now um, because I'm worried about right now focusing on making sure I've got the best life uh, planned and for my family that I can provide. And that's what's important. Um, down the road, um, I will have uh, what, what I need. Um, and I know that because I, at this point, I haven't been faced with a situation where I'm not able to provide for my family and provide for the income that we need. And it's the kind of situation that I don't expect that it's going to be um, unavailable later on. I mean, there are adapt- adaptations that can be made. It's not necessarily retirement, but it is a it is a provision that he's made also is making sure that we've got the necessary insurances in place should something happen. You know, and I think right. that that's really that's something that a lot of couples don't have that they need to have. There needs to be insurance on both of us because if I, if something were to happen to me that I was hurt really bad or, you know, I met my demise, like things still need to be paid for and run around this household. And how does that happen? He's likely got to pay somebody to do it so he can continue to work to provide for our children. Yeah. Or if he met his end, we, you know, I, how am I going to, we got to pay for the house. We have to live, you know, so we have insurance and that's, that's a, that's an investment that a lot of people overlook because they're not getting an immediate return on it. So they don't think about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I I mean, I guess the idea of uh, having life insurance is um, in some cases (laughs) and in some ways even more important than the idea of saving for the eventuality of, you know, not having to work anymore. but really, when it comes to the, the thought about retirement, personally, this is something that, that I'm, I'm still really developing, you know, as far as, you know, where, where does it really sit? But um, I don't know when that is maybe going to happen. I mean, I used to have goals that maybe I could you know, retire pretty young. But honestly, um, I, I think that with, with what I can offer and what I have you know, to do, the, the talents that God has given me, I'm, I'm supposed to use them, right? I'm not supposed to just be idle. Um, and yes, um, having the uh, flexibility of having enough money that I don't have to worry about earning income to get, live and get by um, so that then I can do other things that maybe enrich um, you know, other people uh, with what I can do is good. Um, but I can disperse that along the way too. Um, but the, the the big thing is that um, as time goes by, we won't necessarily have as much expenses that we need to you know, be able to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something that can be uh, looked at too. And so being able to work 
you know, still a little bit, uh, but not necessarily earning as much income later on is still going to be able to help meet the needs. Um, so saving a little bit now, uh, but not being overly concerned about that immediately is, um, is in, in, in our case, uh, the right formula right now. And you have seven kids, so, you know, right, that's right. seven that, houses that you can stay in. <laughs> yeah, someday, uh, which, is, which is something. And I mean, you know, it's it's not something that, you know, we would necessarily ever you know, tell our kids that they need to be you know, figuring out how they're going to take care of us or anything. Right. And, 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 you know, it's, it's reasonable that we would um, be able to you know, make certain provisions for ourselves, too. But um, certainly yeah, it's... Um, not going to be hard to figure things out and resourceful. Yeah. Okay, well then let's get practical. So um, we have actually a, a kind of a younger audience, you know, a, um, early 20s, uh, maybe, you know, going up to mid 30s, of course, but I've personally noticed that um, a lot of the, the women who listen to us are, are fairly young. And so, um, Tasha Rose, maybe you can answer this about what have you learned along the way of how you can be a frugal housewife um, as a housewife, but then what would you uh, say to someone who is single or who just got engaged? How do they prepare um, themselves to, to go into a, a marriage where they're going to need to kind of um, buckle down or, or even just be mindful of, um, their finances? Yeah, I think that's a really big question. <laughs> um, well, first I would say uh, to jump back to the college question, I did go to college. Um, I had, um, a lot of it paid for by my grandfather and I got a lot of merit scholarships. I had very little student debt, like maybe five grand and I paid it off like, you know, within two years of, of graduating college. And, um, so I didn't have to worry about that. We didn't have to worry about that. He didn't have to take that debt on, you know, as, as my, as my husband, but if you are, if you don't have a way to pay for college and you have a plan to be a wife and a mother, and you don't need to have a four-year degree to be a wife and a mother, the last time I checked, don't put that burden onto yourself. Just don't do it. There's no reason to, because you can take a philosophy course online if you want to. You can take all sorts of, you know, Socratic thinking. You can take, you know, extra math classes. If you plan to homeschool your children, and sorry, that's another alarm there. Um, <laughs> if you um, plan to homeschool your children and you you're, you don't feel like you've got good math skills, you can take a math class. You can go to a community college and just pay cash for a course. Like, it's not that difficult to get a sound education, especially in this day and age of the internet. Like, come on, you know, just don't put that burden onto yourself and your husband. It's not reasonable. Um, if I had to go back and not spend money, I wouldn't. If like, I, if I knew today, I just, and I didn't even have that much money to have to deal with, you know, I just, I wouldn't do it because I'm A, not using my degree, and B, everything I did and learned was all based on interest. And if I was interested in it then and had the resource of the internet like I do now, I would, I mean, I still could have learned everything I learned to apply in how, how, I, how I think, how I learn, how I behave in the world, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's my first one. Don't go to college if you don't um, need to you know, if you're planning to stay home, just don't do it. Um, if it's personal enrichment, then talk to whoever, you know, talk to your spouse, talk to your fiance, talk to your spiritual director, you know, is this a reasonable decision? If it's just for my personal development, because your personal development can happen without taking on burden. Um, another thing, so it, practically aside from that, I think that a lot of women need to learn uh, um, I hate the words uh, like home ec, you know, but that's kind of what we really need to go back to is like learning about home economy because home economy is a lot more than just knowing how to bake something or knowing how to, what the washer settings are. You know, there, there's way more than that that goes on. And that's something that we really, that's a big focus for our family is our home economy and how our home can use the financial tools that we have to generate resources. That's how I kind of look at it. 
So like learn how to can food, learn how to do food preservation. Like there are all sorts of women who can teach other women how to do these kinds of things, learn how to make clothing and you might not even necessarily need it, you know? Um, but you might need to know how to tailor a skirt that you bought at the thrift store, you know, to fit your body better. Um, you might need to learn how to, he wears suspenders. He wears the button kind of suspenders on his pants. Like, you might need to know how to sew a button on your husband's pants. <laughs> you know, it's just some simple, stupid stuff like that. Um, but it's simple, stupid stuff that matters. Um, and then, then it's like home processes and like how to clean rooms and how to encourage your children how to clean and how to get them engaged. Like all of that is part of home economy. Mm -hmm. So finding women mentors in your life who are already really solid. And I'm not like Clint, my house is a disaster right now. I'm telling you that totally honest with you. Um, <laughs> we do a big food distribution thing on Thursdays. And, and so everything goes to pot on Thursdays and we didn't do any of our regular cleaning up yesterday afterward um because then we went to on a big field trip today up to a state park um so everything kind of went haywire but it'll get cleaned up tomorrow um but find somebody who's at least a is going to be honest with you and tell you that her house is not always clean she <laughs> <laughs> knows how to clean things really well and knows how to manage a household um having a mentor is really important i didn't have a mentor um, my mother was a horrible housekeeper everything was dirty. She was a hoarder. She hoarded animals. Like it was, ugh. um, so I'm, I've got my certain things that I'm like, okay, this really needs to be clean basically all the time, you know, or it's going to make me just lose my mind. Um, but it's just a process. I mean, I have an 18 year old daughter who, you know, up until the day that she <laughs> left for college still would not clean the dishes properly, <laughs> you know? So it's like, it takes a lot. It really does take a lot to teach children how to, to do things. And they still, even with a mother who's attentive like that, they're still not necessarily going to have it solid when they launch, but at least they've got the basis for it, mm -hmm. you know? And a lot of us did not have that kind of mentor. So we need to find those women, you know, the old woman in your church or the mother in your church with 10 children, who's like, solid or, on it. You I know, mean, or... you know, in all honesty, you know, I would say that even though they're not necessarily mentors, you've you've networked and connected with a lot of women uh, through social media sure. online. And yeah. you've you've gotten, you know, little bits of, you know, wisdom mm -hmm. from things that other people do. Yeah. And um and I think that's that's a I guess in this day and age that's maybe a more typical, mm -hmm. you know, way that that can happen. But certainly if you can find, you know, a dedicated support and connection that's great too but um there was um, all sorts of wisdom out there to find there's a there's a confraternity that i joined is the confraternity of catholic homeschool mothers and um the woman who started it katie she's not um really running it anymore necessarily you can still join it but there aren't like she's not facilitating new chapters and and whatnot but she has a manual that she used to send out to people that was like here are all the things that women do when they take care of their homes. And it's like, it's an exhaustive list mm -hmm. of things that women need to know how to do. And one of the components of setting up this chapter of, of homeschool mothers is it's rejecting feminism and it's being at home with your children and it's learning the domestic arts again. And it's brilliant and beautiful. And I would really love to see something like that facilitated a little bit more. You know, when you've got your homeschool co-op, like, is there time that moms can break out and have a mom class and a wife class and and have it open to women who are discerning marriage you know like this these are the things that you do and this is how you comport yourself and this is how you you know just i mean it's mm -hmm. it's everything from fly lady put your shoes on in the morning to shine your shank, sink and 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 then whatever other systems, Jordan Page's systems or whoever else, like all of these yeah. different systems that women have, there's so much wisdom out there. You just have to find who the people that you resonate with to, to garner all of that. We really need to return to, to home economy in um, a productive sense rather than I know how to make a souffle, you know. <laughs> and that makes me think of um, back to the life insurance question. So you, there's like a whole list of all these things that women mothers uh, do in the home and what it takes to to run a home and facilitate that 
And and that's where the idea of life insurance for even a stay-at-home mother who's not earning an income in the household really makes a lot of sense. And if you look at the numbers, if you add up all the different job descriptions that the mother's going to have in the home, they're definitely easily um, uh, on paper uh, bringing a six-figure income's worth of worth into the home, um, which which actually um, my income would pale in comparison to what she should get paid for all of the work that she she does on a right. regular basis. Um, but that's what it, that's that's home economy. That's what it takes is right. is that. But it's um, it's using the time to fill in those things rather than having to outsource and pay those you know many many thousands of dollars to have those things taken care of. And I have two points to that. One point is that's something that feminists will use a lot to say, oh, well, see, women, women who stay home, they should get paid by the government to stay home because all of this wealth that they should be earning because they stay home. Well, she's also getting paid like my husband pays for my house. (laughs) He literally bought me a house. (laughs) <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. like he pays for my vehicle. She did pick it. I mean, she like, this I did is the pick house. it. I picked this, our yeah. home. I was like, this is it. This is our it's home. such a it's such a utilitarian mentality of yes. a person equals an, a dollar amount. It's, right. it's rubbish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and so the second point speaks to that, too. It, and it's not falling into the trap. Again, if you're home. And you, and you know, you're, you and your husband are on the same page. Okay, you're going to be home, not falling into the trap that you you still have to be generating an income. Mm-hmm. So, like lots of women, that's where a lot of women fall into the MLM traps, and they're like, buy my Sensi and buy my Lulu Lulu Row, buy my you know, like all these million different MLMs. Um, what's that? What's an MLM? Marketing schemes. Oh. So, like, you know, your Tupperware party kind of gone haywire. <laughs> women fall for these because they specifically target women who are at home in this mindset of women are only productive if they're generating an income. And so they end up wasting their husband's money that he's earned for their family by, you know, buying into these huge things. And, and I'm a girl boss now. Well, no, you're not. You just wasted a whole bunch of money and you have nothing to show for it, except for maybe you got skinnier. Like, like that's... <laughs> You know, it doesn't make any sense to don't know why more people, more women specifically don't catch on to that, that it's not, it's not good for your home economy to be trying to bring that in. And now sometimes I, like I make some affiliate dollars now and then I make maybe a couple hundred bucks a month on some affiliates that I've got, but that money I just pour into our homeschool and he doesn't, there's never any expectation from him that I am generating income you know? Mm-hmm. And so when I do have those couple hundred dollars, like I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to thrift shop and make our home homier, or I'm going to, which actually I'm kind of going in reverse of that now, minimal, minimalizing. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting rid of stuff now. I'm just like, okay, I'm over having things, but um, <laughs> like putting it into our homeschool though, and putting it into homeschool experiences and the art tools that we like to use and, you know, buying the high quality things that I want to have for our homeschool with this extra money that I just happened to bring in because I promote things that we actually use in our home. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. those are, those are my two points that I had to that. Yeah. And then one other thing I was thinking about when you were talking about home economy um, and the things that you do to uh, sort of generate some financial um, uh, resource uh, or, or value out of what we already have and make it, you know, useful um, I think of too, you know, the the potential waste that we would have if I didn't know how to figure out how to put a washing machine timer into the washing machine, which mm-hmm. is just removing a couple of screws and buying a $35 part and it's done. Um, and yeah, we didn't have a washing machine for a week. Uh, it could have been a lot worse or we could have spent, you know, the $300 to have somebody come out and put that $35 part in. But it really only took an hour and a half plus the time it took me to shop online to get it sent out. Um, or, you know, the, the, the dryer belt, or there was one time I had to replace the, uh, in the middle of winter in Minnesota, I had to replace the uh, furnace uh, oh blower because it wasn't blowing the heat through the house. Um, like in the it was polar only, vortex, our I, heater went out. You know, my, my dad had luckily had some experience with that, but I mean, you can look this stuff up on YouTube and figure it out and you just have to not be afraid yeah. to make stuff like that happen. 
um, make, doing, you know, fixes on the cars. We actually, we use old cars. We don't buy new cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I figure out how to, you know, keep them going. If I need to replace an alternator, I'll do that or whatever else. And I mean, you can really figure out a lot of things these days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I ask, you know, the professionals from time to time, I've got some good connections that I've made and I'm just, I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty um, and take some time doing that stuff. And I know I'm not, you know, the only guy like that, but I think there are, you know, a lot of people that don't take the time to right. figure that out. Um, and they just, they just pour their time and their energy into uh, just, you know, solely focusing on the work that they do for a living. Right. Um, but I think that's a really big missed opportunity because then the children don't get to see that kind of thing actually being done and figured out. And that's a huge value. And so mm-hmm. when I think about, you know, who do I want to be as a father and how do I want to be showing my sons what it means to uh, grow up and be a man and, you know, what to, you know, how to, how to do things. You know, I, I want them to know that, no, you, you can figure out how to do all sorts of things and don't be afraid to. Right. And because the, the point of marriage is building, right? So yeah. you're building, we're building wealth together, but we're building wealth in more ways than dollar signs. We're building wealth in um, how our children are raised. We're building wealth in the experiences that we have that teach us how to do things. So, you know, when you take an inventory of what your assets are, uh, I think a lot of people fail to, again, it's an examination, you know, a lot of people fail to examine okay, what skills do I have? Like what practical hands-on skills do I have? And what skills would I like to have? And what skills, what skills do I have, but could be better, you know? So that, I think that all plays into the wealth that a man or a woman has um, in in coming into a marriage and, and family making. I love that. I would, um, I think there was a post on Twitter the other day about, the home economic stuff like we need a college for that for women (laughs) and what I would give for my four and a half years of engineering school which are worthless to me (laughs) to learn how to can food because I don't know how to do that someone needs to start a catholic (laughs) finishing school because (laughs) it would be so popular and I would go there as a married woman so to be way back when it was that Wellesley was make women into wives college you know yes that's what they used to do and then you know women's movements had to happen and ruin it all (laughs) don't you know how much they've helped women Uh, we were oppressed before we couldn't do anything buying into our own oppression I have a theory (laughs) just a quick aside you can use this however you want to if or not at all I have a theory that feminism has never actually happened all that's really happened is women imitating every single bad thing about men you know the like the gruffness and the like the or turning turning even like positive masculine traits into something really negative because it's not natural for them mm-hmm. so it's not really an actually a women's movement that has happened it's just a women imitating men movement well, you've been reading G.K. Chesterton because he says feminism is the triumph of masculinism. Oh, wow. And I agree with that. That you're, you're, You and he are like spirit animals or something. I do love the man. I do love the man. <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. No, it's, um, it, it is kind of crazy. And I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> when I think about all of that and like, what is, I mean, this is, you know, maybe a little bit um, uh, bare too, but like, what is potentially the attraction to um, uh, a woman that is, you know, out there and, and working and earning an income and working in the world and doing all of that stuff in an outward sense um, for a man when it comes to thinking about having a family? Um, and, and what is the what how is that woman being viewed you know in what way is that woman being being valued and for what abilities is that woman being valued and i, I mean i think you know really to me and, and we kind of touched on this a little bit but i suppose i haven't thought about this necessarily this much but really what that that almost amounts to is um a bit of laziness like Oh, well, great. If I can, you know, be with this woman who's already, you know, productive and resourceful and and already got a lot of stuff figured out, then I don't have to be as much so because 
um, they're going to be able to earn an income right. so I don't have to make as much money or, you know, whatever it is. Right. Um, and so, so it's just kind of the reverse of what I said before. Like that is one of the potential disadvantages is if, if I, if I hadn't had, you know, responsibility to take care of my family, then I wouldn't take responsibility to take care of my family. Right. You have to be, you know, pushed to the level. And I mean, that's, that's, you know, just human 101, like you only rise to uh, the level of discomfort that you're you're forced to uh, right. otherwise you don't right and, that, and that's actually kind of a counter argument to you know a lot of feminism saying well wages are so stagnated and so low so how can anybody have a single income well if women weren't in the workforce wages would go up yeah. <laughs> for their husbands like this is a no-brainer you know <laughs> companies would have more money if they didn't have to pay maternity leave and that they didn't have to pay all of these things that women are requiring of employers, mm -hmm. you know, if they only had to pay a couple, you know, a few weeks of paternity leave sure. for yeah. a, a dad, a new dad to be home with his wife and help establish the new family dynamic. Like, that's great. That's awesome. They don't have to pay for it twice now. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then the other <laughs> economics know? of it too, at the same time, right. Um, so if, if, if two people are working in the workforce and they're earning enough income to make ends meet as a family, then neither one of them are going to be complaining, at least not loudly enough, about how they have to make more money uh, for to, to support their family. So then the companies get away with paying right. everybody less money, yeah. right, for yeah. the same type of work. And, and so you have sort of that... Um, lowering of the level rather than a rising I wish they'd the teach this in, in like economics classes. <laughs> Go uh, figure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that, would, that would be interesting. <laughs> well, this has been great. We are really happy to have you guys on. I learned a lot. I'm like, oh my goodness, I need to go look at my finances <laughs> and, <laughs> and review my priorities on where we spend money. Um, so are there any final thoughts you guys have or um, any ways that people can connect with you um, if you want people to connect with you or if you just want them to watch this video and, and that be it. Yeah, I mean, they can connect with me. Well, both of us are on Twitter. I'm, oh. uh, uh, what is my Twitter? Tasha Rose Rad, Ma Rad Ma'am. I think I am on Twitter because they wouldn't take mama. <laughs> 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 Too many letters. Um, but you can, you'll find me on Twitter and then I have got a YouTube channel of the same name, Radical Mothering. And then um, uh, we have a website too, RadicalMothering.com. Radical-Mothering.com. Oh, yeah. You've got a couple of years before RadicalMothering.com. Yeah, RadicalMothering.com is bought. Yeah. And then um, I'm uh, my, my name is Travis Apollo. So I, um, I have a financial planning uh, business, Apollo Works uh, Financial Planning. So it's ApolloWorksFinancial.com. And I'm, I'm on Twitter also at Apollo Works FP, and um, and I think that that's we'll link to all this in the description so they can access your websites and such. Great. Yeah, that'd be great. And uh, yes, he did. Did we miss anything in the uh, about us section? Then Is I don't think so. Pretty good. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, well, Beth, do you have anything, any other questions or? No, I'm just very thankful we had them on. I, I really personally enjoy the practical interviews. So I feel like this, this has been yeah. great. And we got all really in depth about, like you said, really women just, if we all just didn't work, it would be nice. But right. we really well, are working because we are, I mean, you know, at home. About our Catholicism, I mean, the Council of Trent has never been abrogated. And I'm just going to leave it at that because I know that that's the big argument. Catholic Twitter goes on fire about it every three months or so, but it hasn't. And, and it, it's very clear in the catechism of the Council of Trent that women should be at home. And we are required to find contentment and joy being at home. Like that is a requirement in the catechism of the Catholic Church. Period. You said it. <laughs> Makes so much sense, but it's so hard to explain. So. <laughs> well, and we have to we have to find a way to, like you said, we have to find a way to enjoy it. And when we've be, been um, when we've been indoctrinated to hate our own natures, 
we're fighting an uphill battle. So we're really, we're really happy to meet you guys and meet fellow compatriots in this whole endeavor. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks so much for having us on. And yeah, it is a crazy world out there. Um, So yeah, uh, we need, we need more of these kind of conversations. So thanks for letting us uh, talk to you about it. Yeah, we appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And um, I guess that's it from us. Thank you again so much to Tasha Rose and Travis Apollo for being on our show today. Um, And again, everyone will link to all of their websites and Twitter handles in the description and give their stuff a a look-see. All right. We will see you next time. Thanks.